What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dogs Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, we had a great week in golf. We had Siwoo. You shook it. All right. Shaking home, that ass. And I don't, this is the first time you've not used a wild week in golf. And I feel like this is the first week that we can genuinely say it was a wild week in golf. Yes, it was a wild week in golf. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling today. It is not my, 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 I'm not on peak performance, but I'll be there by the end of the episode for sure. Um, yeah, Siwoo, what, what a win out there in Sony Open. I mean, Jack, what, what'd you think? Big surprises. Who, who was the shocker of the, well, Tom I know Kim. who the shock, Tom Kim and Jordan Spieth, I think were two shockers of the league. That's yeah. For just, sure. just for reference, Jordan Spieth is the sixth player all time to share a lead in round one and miss the cut. Tom Kim, I believe, um, after round two, I know obviously stats didn't count was tied for third or top five in proximity to the hole yep. and like 143rd at 147 in putting it yeah, was I i've never seen anything like it i have it here yeah he was the third worst putter in the field last week which is not gonna happen every week for tom kim uh i got a few other stats here for some interesting guys siwoo led the tournament in strokes gained approach strokes gained t to green and hit 60 of the 70 72 greens in regulation well that'll do it oh uh, I would like to point out that that last week when I was going over metrics, I said that the guy that does really good on approach and tee to green is probably going to win. Just saying. Sometimes I'm good at my job. Just saying. Uh, the other guy I'll mention is Ben Taylor. He finished T4. Uh, he has seven top five finishes since the start of 2022. Uh, five of them are on the Corn Ferry Tour and two are on the PGA Tour. Uh, he was a PGA Tour graduate, but again, for a guy that you can get right around 7K most of the time, seven top five finishes, pretty good. Uh, the third guy I'll mention is Hideki Matsuyama. He lost five strokes putting this week, which is god-awful. Uh, but he was still the only big name to make the cut after Jordan Spieth's meteoric fall. Uh, of the top four guys, you had, what, Tom Kim, Sung Jae, Hideki, Spieth. Spieth. I'm trying to think of who was fifth. Russell Henley, maybe. Maybe Henley. Um, I'm sure Billy Horschel was up there somewhere. I'm sure Corey Connors. I think more guys on the top missed the cut than made the cut. Oh, yeah. Know. Don't maybe, remind me. Maybe Brian Harmon was up there, too. He could have been up there. Hideki, um, too. Hide yeah, Hideki. But again, I want to say like three of the top seven guys made the cut. Uh, yeah. No, 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 don't I'll, remind me. <laughs> last guy I'll mention just for Jack and I's case. Uh, it's our favorite guy, Nacho. Uh, I had him T9, right? Or did he I... was tied for 12th. And was his name is now Nico, just for the record. But in our hearts, it's Nacho because it was at one point Nacho. Boo. Yeah, he's always going to be Nico to us. That's right. I think I threw that in a little early when he was top 10 with Corey Connors and I was shitting bricks because he was actually in there. Any? Did you have any other thoughts, Jack, on Sony Open? Yeah, I mean, it was a beautiful week. Everybody was playing well, except for the guys that I needed to play well, which was just awesome to watch as a fan. A bunch of names that we talked about a lot of weeks ago to watch out. Harry Hall, Hayden Buckley. David Lipsky. I mean, I can keep going of guys that we had mentioned prior that, you know, if you just keep them in your bank, you know, eight weeks later, they just pop off. So whatever people we talk about this week, go ahead and bookmark whatever tournament is about eight weeks in advance. For, for, and you should be set. 
program two three weeks that'll be that'll be perfect turnaround similar similar golf style too uh the one guy i'll mention too you forgot to mention aaron badley that was i didn't even get a chance i know that was the other guy i was thinking about that you that you were talking to in terms of that um Shot, I mean, shout out to Hayden Buckley. He gave, he gave it a run in in his in his second place finish. He he missed like what a four footer on fifteen on Sunday. That's a brutal miss if you're him. But the fact that he was in the lead, like he was in the lead, and then he was all around there, and he continued to put up a good fight is is impressive for the guy that hasn't had a win yet on tour. Uh, he very easily could have kind of just bowed out and finished in like tied fifth and not really stood a chance. So it's nice to see that he. He really kind of yeah. If you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose to the guy that shot the best round of the day in yeah. 64. So he shot 68. There were so many opportunities where he could have got that one additional stroke. Siwoo chipping in on 17 and then getting a birdie on 18 just kind of sealed the deal. But yep. good for him. Um, let's go ahead and move right on to this week because my head. Oh, you know what? I guess we should recap Sony, even though I don't want to. Yeah, we are we are gonna recap Sony. Jack's gonna uh, avoid it and sip sip his drink so that way he doesn't have to think about the stiff. Pain. Uh for DraftKings, I was right on the money on the 50-50 and was nowhere chance, nowhere close on the single entries. Um I had Sung JM up top at 10-3. He missed the cut. Corey Connors, the tank himself, was uh T twelfth. KH Lee was T twenty eighth. Kurt Kitayama was T seventy three. Ryan Armour was another tough one for me that missed the cut. And then Nick Taylor, the uh, the low ball at 6,700. He finished tied seventh. That was a uh, a great little low ball offer that got me a lot of points towards that money. Uh, I'll go right into FanDuel as Jack continues to sip his drink. Uh, I'm starting up top again with Sung J.M., who missed the cut. Uh, again, Corey Connors, who finished T12. Uh, third was Adam Scott, who finished T21. He was really in it up uh, up until the end there. I think he bogeyed the last, like, three holes or maybe we were, two of yeah, the last We were three. texting. We're like, oh, my gosh, Scott. Oh, my gosh, Scott. And then it became, oh, my gosh, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. He made a couple of really bad decisions. But, again, all in all, T21, I'm very okay with that because it, it looked like he wasn't going to make the cut through 15 holes on Thursday at all. Yeah. Uh, I also had Siwoo Kim, who was the winner. That was big on FanDuel, the only reason why I was able to cash in 50-50s and single entries. Uh, I had Ryan Armour, who missed the cut, and then Austin Smother Daddy, uh, who was T67. Well, let's just jump into my glorious. Both of mine started off with Tom Kim, so you know that started off hot. I had Mackenzie Hughes in one. It was just not a great week for me. Luckily, I know this doesn't count for our percentages, but on DraftKings and FanDuel, I was kicked out of all my contests. So technically, in quotations, I didn't lose money, but it still does not make it any better, honestly. I, that was just a horrific week. Yeah. Yeah. Jack uh, Jack had a rough week. We're going to look past it. He's going to uh, continue. Yeah, let me just jump into bets really quickly while we're at it. Tom <laughs> yeah. Kim. Yeah, that was a bad one. How about um, Sung J.M., the guy that a lot of people thought was second to Tom Kim, how about Jordan Spieth? Yeah, uh-huh. Those are my top three, if you see where this is going. That Spieth bet looked really good Thursday afternoon. It, I was I was peeing. <laughs> Brian Harmon, top 20. He looked great for a large... Then Saturday came. I don't know what happened. That was a loss. But J.J. Spawn got top 40. So we are only down 3.8 units going um, after this week. We are up to 12 units overall still. So, again, if you were to tell me at this point in time I'd be up 12 units... 
I would sign off and say, sounds good to me. Let's get there. Down 3.8 for the week doesn't sound great, but we will bounce back. Yeah, Jack, Jack's, Jack's struggling. I think this is two weeks now of him finally losing on bets, which he doesn't like. So I'm sure he's putting a lot more effort into it now. He needs those top 40s to come back. These two these two weeks of top 20s, bets only happening. We'll get into that later. Yeah, just um, for I'm reference, really um, before we go any further, we record this on Monday night. So a lot of the bets that we don't have the opportunity to bet. So, for example, top 40s are not available to us. A limited number of matchups, no nationality props. So if you're looking for those, follow us on all of our socials. I'll drop some additional picks throughout the week that we see and we might feed uh, some money off of. There you go. Uh, so my bets, I went two for three. It was a solid week. Um, I had Corey Connors top 20 at plus 135. That was a nice little W. Uh, my loss was Jordan Spieth top 20. Um, Jack, did we squad ride that by the way? Was that, was that another one that we squad? We are 0% <laughs> on squad ride. Wow. Good to know. Okay. Um, and my third bet, which was a really nice win to see at plus 160, was Siwoo Kim over Will Gordon and Denny McCarthy. Which is a sweat going into that, Sunday. That was an extreme sweat because all three of them made the cut. And for a lot of the week, Will Gordon and Siwoo Kim were like tied. And Denny McCarthy, I think, was one back of them for most of the week. Yeah, I mean, going into, I think, like hole six on Sunday, Will Gordon was in first. Denny yep. McCarthy was top five. And Siwoo was not even in the top ten. Then you look away for 30 minutes and you know how that changed. <laughs> yes. So I lucked out. It was, it was a big sweat, but again, somehow picking the winner on a, on a bet is a, uh, it's not going to happen very often, but we'll take it. Hey, we, we, we don't complain here. So for Liam, 1.95 units up on the week. Thank you. Thank That's you. what we like to see forgot. now down to 4.8 units down overall. But as we talked about, this is really the two tournaments where it really starts to kickstart, especially for Liam. I think at this point last year, um, we were just starting the pod, but even just in our own bets, it felt like fall swing. You're not there because it's gimmick. Now we get into more tournaments and the funds will start to roll up. So I envision you're in positive numbers by the time we get to Augusta. That's the goal. That's the, uh, that's kind of the game plan and that's a dream. So we're going to try our best to to be positive by Augusta and then I'll probably lose it all there, but that's fine. Hey, if you're going to lose money, lose it at Augusta. Exactly. So, all right, let's get a winner's picks because this was probably the best part of your week in terms terms of options. Well, on that note, um, my two winners, obviously we don't pick just Scotty Scheffler. We're doing kind of PGA tour fantasy where it's one and done. Um, so we're saving our big guys. So I had Danny McCarthy, 32nd, look great for a large majority of the week. Um, and then KH Lee 28th. So 32 and 28. I'm not mad about that. I wish I would have put those as my top 40 bets, but you know, that's another story. Yeah, no, Jack, that again, that was a, that's a decent number. If you're getting Danny McCarthy and KH Lee, both basically 30, if they're better, as your uh, as your winners picks, then you're you're looking pretty solid. Um, I lucked out. I had a good week. I had Corey Connors and Adam Scott, who finished twelfth and twenty first. Uh, that's really about as ideal as it gets for them. I don't know if you're really using either of them in majors or big markets. I think I have Adam Scott as one of our twenty twenty three predictions for majors. I think you do, and I that one is is incredibly. I think that was the one where I questioned it for you. But again, well, sure. I'm not, I'm not using either of those for majors. So getting them and them basically being both top twenty, huge for the program, and I'm sure you're happy on that if you if you're used them used them as winners. Absolutely, and then we'll jump into wild cards really quick, which I was so close. Kita Nakajima being the top Japanese golfer, 
missed by one shot. He made that stupid bogey. I jumped out of my chair. It was so bad. Um, and then I also had him being top 40 at plus 300. He finished at 54th. But again, that bogey just killed him because he was in it for 70 holes. Yeah, that was that was really your sweat come Sunday. You know, that was what you were hoping. That's all for I had to look hoping. forward to. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, my wild card picks. Uh, I started with Gary Woodland, top twenty. He missed a cut. Um, he had bad form coming into this, but it was just that history at the course that I was really kind of relying on. Um, but again, that was why he was just a wild card pick. Uh, my other one was KH Lee, top ten at plus three sixty. He finished twenty eighth. Um, he just kind of middled his way down the end. If he would have given a little bit more of a push, then it could have been close. But again, if I'm losing wildcard picks and winning everywhere else, I, I can take it. Uh, last thing before we get into the American Express, Jack and I had a little bit of the, the side bets going on, the friendly wagers. Um, Jack had Tom Kim, Will Gordon, and Kita Nakajima. I had Sung JM, Siwoo Kim, and Kazuki Higa. So we basically both went one, one, and one. We both had one guy miss the cut. We both had one guy win their, their pairing, and we had the other guy lose. Uh, Jack's lone loss was to the guy that finished first place, so that's pretty good. Um, and I lost to almost the top Japanese guy. On that note. <laughs> All right, on that note, we're going to go to the American Express. We're going to, I mean, PGA West, to Coachella's of the world. We're going to California. That's really where La we're Quinta. going. La Quinta. La Quinta. Um, this is the start of the multi course each week where you're kind of doing a rotation of courses within the week. There are three courses this week on, uh, the rotation. They're all par 72s and all under 7,200 yards. Um, it is the stadium course, which is the Pete Dye course. That's really kind of the main course they go for. But they'll finish on. It's what they'll finish on. Yes. Um, they have the Nicholson course. And then they have the uh, La Quinta course, right? Yeah. And let me just say real quickly, this this is one of the worst things I've ever seen in terms of coverage, because we're only going to see one course. It's not going to be, you know, you're looking at Nicholson course uh, or Nicholas course. You're not going to see the stadium course. It's going to be stadium course for all four days. So it's just a weird thing. And then I don't really agree with the pro-am style because it's not pro-ams with celebrities even. It's pro-ams with like amateurs. So it, the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to probably enjoy myself, but the whole thing is just weird to me. The most notable uh, guy in the, in the amateur side of the program is like Carlton from Fresh Prince of Royal era. Like you're yeah. not, you're not playing with Steph Curry and Tony Romo. Like you could be uh, last year's winner was Hudson Swafford. Uh, again, this is a three course rotation. All the par fives on all the courses are relatively easy. Uh, this course is often won at minus 20 or more each year. Um, this is what John Rahm referred to as a bleeping put- putter fest, or what is it, a bleeping putting contest? Yeah, something like the that. The specific wording of that is is besides the point, but it is a bleeping putting contest to John Rahm. Um, everyone gets three rounds at this course or at this event. Um, the cut happens on Saturday here, so after 54 holes, so everybody will play each of the courses once and then they'll do the cut. And then on Sunday, again, it's everyone's going to the stadium course. Uh, the cut this week, the American Express has always been low. Uh, it usually averages at about minus six. Over the last four years, it's been minus five, minus six, minus six, minus nine. 
Uh, so again, you got to get guys that are going to go low these first couple of days. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I'll I'll just point out it does look extreme, but you got to remember they're playing another round. So nice. we're at Century or Sony, it was two under. Now you have to add another round to that. So that's why that jump happens to like you had said nine under, for example. Yeah, definitely. Just it, I guess when looking, make sure that you're not going to pick a guy who's going to shoot even par all three rounds. You want somebody that's going to be making lots of birdies. Um, which I'll get into now, I guess. Uh, greens and regulation is huge. There's lots of approach shots from 150 to 175 yards. Birdies are better gained is also a very important statistic to look at. Oh, boy. Uh, here's some notes. I'm just going to run through a couple of players to keep an eye on. 11 players have posted multiple top 15 finishes over the last five years. Adam Hadwin, Patrick Cantlay, Sungjae Im, Andrew Putnam, John Rahm, Siwoo Kim, Andrew Landry, Brian Harmon, Tony Finau, Tom Hoagie, and Michael Thompson. Uh, Aaron Wise has missed the cut the last five times he's played this event. Um, and if you're looking at guys who will always make the cut here, or at least seven players who have missed the cut in each of their last five times here, again, you go Hadwin, Patrick Cantlay, Sungjae, Andrew Putnam, John Rahm, Siwoo. There it is. One, two, three, four. Oh, that was six. Tony Finau, he was the seventh. Sorry. Yeah, so those are some guys to look out for. I know we'll obviously do more of our breakdown here in a minute here, but yeah. those are some guys to look out for, especially as we jump into the rankings on DraftKings. Let's do it. You want to jump right into the 10K range? Yeah, so starting at the bottom, um, Xander Shoffley 10K to John Rahm at 10.8. I'll just say right off the bat, Xander Shoffley is like doubtful to even play in this. He's making his decision Wednesday night. So I would not recommend having Xander Shoffley in your lineup unless you're 100% on board with the Xander train because he could pull out, you wake up in the morning and they've teed off and you're screwed. Um, so I definitely think that is the fade. I'm anticipating a WD at some point. I th I think he will withdraw. It's just a question of, of when, not if. Yeah, so I think um, Scotty is probably the guy that I'm looking forward to most at this tournament. He's been knocking on the, the door for a win. It feels like for the last couple months, um, he's just looked stellar. His debut in the whole tournament here, he finished third. I know John Rahm is technically the overall favorite, but I think Scotty is a really good chance. And then I'm really looking... Honestly, as Tony Finau is maybe even two or two B behind Rom. So if we take a look at the last three years of the American Express, Tony Finau has seven more birdies than the next guy in Sung JM at 67. He has 74. Also, the best score to par, he is three behind the leader at minus 46. So he is making the birdies like you talked about. Yep. He looks good. And I like that. He's just been consistent here. So I'm anticipating a lot coming off this big week last week or two I, weeks ago, really. I'm surprised about Scotty Scheffler because, again, I, I commented on how Rom called it a bleeping putting contest. And you, your favorite guy is the guy who can't find the putter to save his life right now. Um, well, so it just takes one week because at this time last year, we were talking about how Rom couldn't pick out a putter of his bag if it was labeled. Yeah, and 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 again, I think there's opportunity for Scheffler to come around, uh, but I do think it's risky as the second highest golfer in the field. Uh, I actually really like Patrick Cantlay in this. Um, again, this is a pro-am. You are going to play with amateurs. Everything is going to be so slow in this tournament because, again, rounds are going to be six hours. You're playing with guys that really shouldn't be on the golf course, but they paid – thousands of dollars to be on this pro-am 
that is right up Patrick Cantlay's alley. I mean, if that dude could spend eight hours on a round, he would. Um, so he's going to have no problems lollygagging around the course. And hopefully he finds his putter and he putts puts his butt off. Um, I do love John Rahm as well. He's got great history here. And he's again, he's playing out of his mind. He's won three of his last five tournaments. It makes sense. He's the most expensive guy. Um, I like Finau third. Again, he's in the same boat. All the metrics lean towards Finau. So I guess in I guess in a perfect world for me, the order of these four, I'm excluding Xander because he's probably withdrawing. Uh, but either way, he'll be fifth. I'm gonna go John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I'm right. I mean, I'm Scotty Scheffler, probably John Rahm, Tony Finau, and then Cantlay. Cantlay is so good, but he's also sometimes hit or miss. Where you know at the first two rounds of the century, he went 70-70 and had no shot at all. Yeah. So I just haven't seen that can't again. We're looking at a top 16 and complaining like Rom last year when we couldn't find his putter, he was like an 18th. Yeah. So it's hard to really rationale. I just haven't seen it. Whereas Fino, you take a look at him at the century, seventh hero, seventh, Scotty, John Rom, three of his last five wins are wins, uh, or three of his last five events are wins. It's just crazy. So I think that there's a lot more pressure on Rom because now he's looking at possibly becoming the number one player in the world. Scotty has that opportunity as well. So I think it does just be a fun battle to look at. Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing for, in my opinion, for Patrick Cantley with the century, just to kind of knock on that. Um, again, he shot, he, he started out kind of slow, but I think it was partially knocking off some of the rust. He hadn't played since the Shriners. Um, he finished round three and round four at minus seven and minus five. So he kind of came alive. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that he's going to be just fine. And he also has played well in this course in the past. So that's my hope on Cantley. but I get it. I mean, I think any, I think any combination in my opinion between Finau and Cantley. if you can do Finau and Cantley, I think that is dangerous to start the top of your lineups. It could be dangerous, but you know what I also think is dangerous is this entire nine K range. It is very genuinely scary so true jumping down i know you talked about how you do not like him this week but he's there yep 9k aaron wise up to sung jm at 9 8 i got two guys in my mind that stick out just immediately to me if you want me to go on yeah go for it first off brian Harmon. and i know everyone's like wait hold on that should not be the first guy you talk about brian Harmon is second in the last three years of the american express in total birdies at 67 and he has tied for first on the best score to par in the last three years at American Express. Minus 49 has been his score in the last three years, and he's had 67 birdies. So you're talking about a guy, number one, is super consistent. You're not going to see him go out and shoot 76. He has, you know, three, five under rounds, 15 under. He's going to be in it. And at this price point at 9,300, I don't think it's that outrageous. So that's a guy I'm looking for. And then number two, Will Zalatoris. Wow. He, he is a ball striking fiend. Yep. His putter was actually good at the century. So I'm assuming a lot of his back recovery when he wasn't swinging was putting. I know he's working. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name right now. It's going to drive me crazy, but he's been working on his putting. He didn't look like he had any rust to him on 11th place, had a nice week off. I'm sure he's in La Quinta partying like crazy and he's going to come out fresh. And I think that ball strike is just really going to carry him. So at 9,600, I don't think that price is outrageous. Man, I'm so sad that, that you're on board the Willie Z train this week. And not that I'm not, but I don't know if he's going to fit in all of my molds uh, for my lineups. Again, I'm 
in a lot of my lineups, I'm trying to get two guys up top. And when you do that, it's just hard to get back up to Willie Z. Um, if you want more of a level and balanced lineup, I can totally see why why Willie would would fit well there. Uh, the other guy I like in this group is I Cam, left him for you, Cam Young. Yeah. You knew, yeah. I, he's he's high up on my board this week. I think he's incredibly dangerous. Um, he's fifth in strokes gained off the tee. He's eighth in ball striking. He's played well at this course. He's got a good putter. I'm a little worried he might be popular. I think so, only because number one, every single report that ever came out before yeah. the odds dropped had Cam. Like I even got a PGA Tour notification: Is this Cam Young's week? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guarantee a million people have seen now Cam Young and it's in their head. So I think that's one of the best plays, but also one of the scariest. Another problem I have with him that I'm leaning toward is he never starts off hot. He never goes and shoots 65. We're in this event, like we talked about, the cuts low. Yep. However, tell me about the metrics because this guy looks good. No, yeah, I mean, that that's the metrics. He's got, he, he fits all of the metrics. He's great off the tee. He's great ball striking. He's got a solid putter. There's it, it's just a question of whether he shows up this week. Um, he sometimes has a tendency when he starts off slow to just kind of fade away into nothing. Uh, and you, so I guess in my hope, I, I just got to pray that he gets out this week to his decent start. And if he does, I think he's going to be in contention come Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I think he's one of the best picks out there. I'm surprised you didn't even mention Sung JM. Yeah. Sung Jay is also on the list. He's got the course history to go with it. Um, I think he's kind of a steady pick for whatever reason last week, something looked off with him. Yeah. He looked awful. And you know, like, much like the stats I've been looking at with the American express the last three years, yeah. he's tied with Brian Harmon on birdies at 67 yep. and he's well, technically third because there's a tie at the top, but third at minus 47 and scored a par. So the course history looks awesome. But last week, what happened? Yeah. He, I, I, I couldn't tell if it was injury or if it was like mental block or what it was, but it was ugly. Um, I'll just say it. If you want to go back to Tom Kim, he's not going to be the third worst putter in the field this week. So I totally understand why you want to do that. Um, I'm avoiding Sam Burns. He just looks like he doesn't have it mentally all clicking right now in terms of his gameplay. Uh, Siwoo Kim, he's won four times on the, on the PGA tour the week after winning every time he has missed the cut. Uh, he's played well in this course and he's got the metrics to go with it, but I'm avoiding him personally. I think there's plenty of other good people in this, in this range to get to that. I think will also just do as well. Again, you can drop a hundred dollars and go to cam young. I think that's. Yeah. And he's probably partying in Hawaii right now. So a seven hour flight to La Quinta is probably not ideal after a night of some drinking if he did. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. AK. Yeah. Starting off at the top. Probably the most consistent player on tour right now in the surefire yeah. rookie of the year, Taylor Montgomery at 8,900, all the way down to kind of a surprising price range at Taylor Pendrith. Yeah, Taylor Pendrith and JT Poston down there at AK, bringing up the rear. Uh, do you want me to save you the uh, the one guy we're both thinking of, I'm sure? Is it Taylor Montgomery? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> listen, he's, like I just said, arguably the most consistent player on tour right now surefire rookie of the year if we're just going by if i were to put a million dollars on who i think rookie of the year is if it's not monty i don't know who you pick on yeah he's played plenty of golf in this area just being from las vegas i mean this is not a far trek from him he's played well i mean if you take a look at all of his stats everything is on fire with him he's consistent again at this you don't have to get a winner's pick out of 8900 yep. if he gets top 25 which i envision him comfortably doing great 
this is uh this is considered a desert course and again nothing screams desert course it was like growing up in vegas yeah uh so that would do it uh sahitha gala i mean he could be sung jm this week or he could be no no offense to him like bo hostler oh uh, you don't know what Shahid Tagala you're getting. I was gonna say you got to use Sebstrak on that that range. It's either 120th or 12th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's him and Seb are the same golfer in my opinion in that setup. That you're either getting like first or you're getting last. Uh, the other guy I really like this week is Adam Hadwin uh, from 2016 to 2019. Adam Hadwin dominated this tournament, even though he hasn't won in that span. He went T6, second, T3. T second, and then he shot a round of 59 within that sequence. Um, he's also got two top tens in his last four overall starts. So you're saying he's comfortable. So he's comfortable. He's going to a course he always plays wells in, and one that he shot 59 at one time, and he's 8,200. I mean, sheesh. I'm loving Adam Hadwin at 8,200. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I'm also on Andrew Putnam this week. Yep. He is so, again, much like Aaron Baddeley, I don't know where they get these price ranges for these guys because they're playing so well. He's had 13 straight cuts. He's had top five finishes in the Sony. Um, and at PJ West, he's five for five with four top 25s. So you just take a look at that compared to all of his stats and Mechers going at fourth last week, 21st at the RSM. He looks fantastic. So if you can get to 8,700 or even, again, if you can't, you get to 8,200. Both are great options. I, I do think Adam or uh, Andrew Putnam is actually starting to to bump up a little bit because he used to be a guy you could get in like the middle seven. 75, yeah. Yeah, and now he's bumped up to 8,700 here. So they're starting to know. I mean, for an extra, what, 400 on DraftKings, you can go get Cam Young. like that. They are starting to bump his price a little bit, but I, yeah. I totally love him as well. Yeah, I, well, Tom Hoagie should not be up there. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, he's great. He's been fine after – he is 122nd at the RSM, 41st at the Sony, which we all knew was happening. We knew he wasn't playing well. He yeah. flew to freaking, you know. Um, Cam Davis is a weird one. He shouldn't be this high priced. 32nd in the Sony. After his 66, he went 70. You know, it's just, I don't understand that one. He he always is so, so high priced for me. Cam Davis, for whatever reason, there's some fascination about him. I don't President's know if it's because well, President's Cup, and if he's, he, I know he hits the long ball, so maybe that gets extra notice. But like, I always see him, and I'm like, man, if you were like five hundred dollars to like eight hundred dollars cheaper, it'd be a lot better. Uh, one other thing in this range, and we'll move on. Cage uh, Lee, this is a, a TPC course. Well, at least the stadium course is um, by Pete Dye. So if you want to get into, you know, metrics on that front, you could technically take Cage Lee. All right, seven K range. All right, so we'll jump into it just like you said. So at the top, Jason Day, 7,900. Great price point for him, to be honest. Um, yep. All the way down to Mark Hubbard. My gut pick last week. Huh, wasn't a bet. Gut pick. Sometimes the gut's wrong, so kick us off. No, um, I think Jason Day is a, is a great start at 7,900. He is the fourth best player when you look at the model um, at this course since 2019. I think the guys above him are Cantley, Rom, and Finau. It's a pretty good grouping to get grouped in with there if you're the fourth best guy in that range. So Jason Day is definitely a guy that stick that sticks out. Um, beyond this, this middling range, this somebody in this middling range could a thousand percent win. The amount of winners at the American Express, they they come from like hundred to one odds and things like that is absurd. It's here. 
this is the category that wins over 50% of the time. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have very interesting names like Thomas Dietrich, who's been playing more so on the European tour than anything else, but uh, he just came from the hero cup. He won that and he's been playing great, but again, I don't know how much I love the fact that he's flying all the way across the country just to play in this tournament. Uh, where's the third guy I was thinking of on the bottom here, Ben. Oh, Ben Griffin. Oh no. Ben Taylor was who I was thinking of. Cause he's at seven K sorry, too many Ben's I'm mixing up my Ben's uh, Ben Taylor is, is at seven K he's played out of his mind recently. He was T three at cadence bank T 21 at RSM T four at Sony. Uh, he's been making lots of cuts and in all honesty for that cheap of a price, kind of hard to go wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think those are two great names. Let me just go off really quick. Cause Ricky Fowler's back in the field. He looked fantastic during the fall swing. I know it's hard to admit, but he looked fantastic. We're coming to a desert course where he plays his best golf, arguably. I'm excited to watch him. Denny McCarthy looked great outside of Sunday, which really, really hurt. Um, electric putter. I won't even touch Keith Mitchell. He's in the doghouse right now. But what really shocks me, Davis Riley, 7,700, arguably known as the birdie man on tour in a birdie fest of a course. That one threw me off guard um, to see him that low. Bez looked just horrific last week, so I'm fading him. Like you talked about, Dietrich looked great. Joel Damon looked like the number one player in the world during the end of that November swing, so he is a guy to look out for 100%. I mean, I can keep going. Will Gordon, look at my guy go. Look at my guy go. Yeah, Will Gordon's a great one. The last guy I forgot to mention was Grayson Sig. Um, he's my guy. Yeah. He's, he's seven for seven on cuts and he's Jack's guy. Um, he's just going to be solid in this, in this opportunity. Again, he's got like what, four or five top 15s in his seven appearances. I think he's got four top 15s. Georgia Bulldog, baby. So that's definitely great for the low seven K. Are we trying to, to dig into six K find maybe yeah, a couple diamonds? I'll just say one more name that might be popular is Byung Han on at 7,100. He has finished top 12 at the Sony. However, his last three finishes before that were 110, 53, 105. So he might go hot again, but he also might be in dead last place. No disrespect to him, but much like Sepp Straka, we got to see a trend before we jump on it. Throw Callum Terran into that grouping as well. He's also in that 7K range. He could either finish first or last. He also fits the mold. All right, uh, let's go to the 6K range. What Do you, what, yeah. do you got any ideas where you want to start? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm so all I got names. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Carl Yuan, 6,900. Number one, he's a cut machine. He's under 7K. Last three events are all top 40. He's trending in the right direction, including a Sony, which is a stacked field, going into another stacked field at 6,900. If you're looking for a guy down here, he looks great. Next, Kevin Yu. He finished 21st at the Sony. He looked fantastic, 67, 66, and 268. He didn't look like he broke at all, which is great. Um, Stuart sink looked like he could hit the ball 400 yards. His worst round was a 68 as well. Yep. He looked freaking fantastic. Doug Gim joined the fan club. Did he have a great fall swing? Absolutely. Freaking not. He looked like a new golfer. However, we're jumping back on the bandwagon here because he fits all the metrics with the strokes gained and everything like that. Super consistent. I love it. I'm going to next Brandon Wu. He yep. has not, shown that he can win a tournament 
but he's shown he can make cuts on tournaments. And if you're looking for a guy at 1,600 that is 70% cut rate for all of last year and this year, take the shot. It doesn't hurt. But the guy most excited for, Austin Eckrote. Finished 12th in Hawaii. Let's not put it that. I mean, if we just take a look at all of the notes going in it, trending in the right direction. He's played in the prestige college event here in La Quinta. Um, his two times there, he finished second and third. So he's familiar with the area. He's familiar with the course, trending in the right direction, and a pair of 66s and a pair of 68s. Save it. There you go. Yeah, Jack just dug into a lot of this 6K, 6K range. Oh, I can keep uh, going, baby. Uh, I'll, well, no, you you actually took a couple of mine. Uh, Carl Yuan's one of the ones I talked about. Again, Jack Manchin, Cup Machine, 6,900. That's pretty safe bet. Um, the other big guy that I liked in this range that Jack did not get to yet, keyword yet, I'm sure he likes him, David Lingmurth. Um, he's finished second here in the past. He pops on random tournaments. He has three top tens in his last five events. He's definitely worth a flyer. Again, it's 6,700. 6, you have he to is, take a flyer. He has never missed a cut at the Amex in the six times he's played. And he's finished second here twice. There's a lot worse options at 6,700. That's for sure. Yeah. You know who's not a worse option? Two guys right below him, which is just weird to me. Number one's Aaron Baddeley. I talked about him earlier. Yep. I don't understand, and I'm going to benefit off this. I'm fine with it. He finished seventh at the Sony, top 40 at the RSM, six at Butterfield. I mean, you just take a look at his stats. Obviously, he has probably the worst haircut, arguably, in PGA Tour history. Mm-hmm. Besides the point, he looks awesome, but Harry Hall, listen, Harry ladies Hall. and gentlemen, eight weeks ago, I'm sure I said Harry Hall, Harry Hall, Harry Hall. He looked great, and then he probably sucked the week after, but he looked awesome last week he was actually getting coverage his name's recognized now i think he's honestly one of the best picks out here and again 6600 you're not getting a winner's pick we know it yep but he is a unlv guy so look out for it those those are my three guys in this range by the way i carl yuan david lingmurth and harry hall those were the three i had written down in this range that i liked so yeah last guy i'll point out um danny lee he looked okay. great, 69, 68, 67, 69, obviously barely a top 50 finish. But if you're going to get four subpar rounds out of a guy in this category, honestly, not the worst. And there's a couple of Japanese guys in here that we talked about last week that are playing. I'm not sure the transition from Hawaii golf, to which is what they're more familiar with, to California, yes. uh, but just something to think about. Yeah, Nacho, 6,200. Um, so, you know, if you want to go down there for the, for the sprinkle, just like us. Uh, you can do that, but let's get into drafting lineups, Jack. Yeah. I mean, we just talked our year off. So yeah. first off, Scotty Shuffler. Ooh. I did it. Scotty Shuffler. Next, Will Zalatoris. I went for it. Okay. Taylor Montgomery, Joel Damon, Doug Gim, Harry Hall. So Ooh. if you talk about a 50-50 lineup, I think we're right at the 50-50 point yeah. there where we're making money or not. That bottom of your lineup is going to be big on either winning you money or they're going to have a tough time on Friday. Yeah, I tried to pick the bottom three guys that were under probably 20% owned because yeah. I want to see if I can get a cut out of those three guys. I'm jumping up 15% in the rankings. Absolutely. Um, I went kind of a similar boat, slightly different in the end of it all, but same concept. Uh, I'm starting up top with Patrick Cantlay at 10-1. Then I'm going to Cam Young at 9-1. I'm going to Taylor Montgomery at 8,900. I'm going to Adam Hadwin at 8,200. 
Give me Ben Taylor at 7,000. And give me David Lingmurth at 6,700. So, I can't say I dislike any part of that. Yeah, those top four guys, I'm hoping for some good numbers from at least pre- preferably two to three of them. Um, and then if one of the other two guys makes the cut and pushes into top 40, next thing you know, I'm going five out of six. Easy money. Take home the cash. Move on next week. Well, you <laughs> want to talk about strapping in. Everybody needs to sit down for this FanDuel lineup that I've concocted because it is disgusting. Do it. Scotty Scheffler. Nice. Will Zalatoris. Nice. Taylor Montgomery. Okay. Brian Harmon. Okay. Ben Griffin. Austin Eckroat. Those top four screwed me last week. I went top heavy. <laughs> yes. But there's no way they do it two weeks in a row. I mean, that that is a stacked, stacked top four, and I'm loving it. Uh, Jack, I went more stacked than you did this week. Uh, my FanDuel is bananas. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Up top, I'm starting at 12,000 with John Rahm. Uh, then I'm going Tony Finau at 11,500. Then I'm going Cam Young at 10,700. Then I'm going Taylor Montgomery at 10,400. Then I'm going David Lingmurth at 8,000. And then I'm going Carl Yuan at 7,400. Yeah, the Finau pick is good. I I tried to sneak in Finau. I couldn't get the 400 between Zalatoris and Finau without dropping either Monty, Cantlay. And then the gap between Eckroat, another guy I like, and then Griffin, another guy I like, was pretty low. So I just had to cut it out there. I thought about dropping from Finau to to Cantlay and then potentially bumping up from Carl Yuan. But I'm trying to think of who was in that range. It was like Lucas Glover and a few other names. I just wasn't that high on. Not that I dislike Lucas Glover, but it just... Harry Hall, 73. I'm going to stick with Carl. All right. Well, those are our lineups. Obviously, if you follow along, you can catch those on TikTok. We've been making some videos there. Thank you for the support. Twitter, everything will be up on that one as well. Since you hit pretty big on the bets, I think you should take it away this week. Yeah, I liked uh, being second. It was working well for me there for a couple of weeks, but I'm due to be first now. Uh, do a little role reversal for you. My first bet is going to be Taylor Montgomery over Tom Kim and Aaron Wise. As I said, Aaron Wise does not play well at this event. So really, really, this is a Taylor Montgomery over Tom Kim at a plus 175. Uh, I just got to hope that Taylor's got it this week and Tom doesn't. Uh, my second bet is going to be Cam Young top 20 at plus 135. Uh, that's already been bumped down, I think, to what, 125? One, one, plus 115. Plus 115 now? So wow. one thing to point out, because I know a lot of people are going to watch this or listen to this Tuesday morning on their car ride to work or whatnot. The second those odds are up, we're locking in our picks. Yep. Because we know once people start to bet on this, the numbers and the odds makers are going to adjust. So we, you're going to see... In the next pick that Liam points out, yes. a 60-point difference from when it came out to now. Yeah, so my third bet is Tony Finau, top 20 at plus 110. Currently minus 150. Yeah, he is currently minus 150 because everybody else agrees that he should not have been plus numbers for top 20. But those are my three bets. I feel 95% about them. Um, again, Tom Kim just kind of scares me a little bit. But other than that, I feel I feel good about it. Yeah, I am terrified because we, as our 0% squad ride continues, we have two picks. So maybe those two will kind of overlap each other, but we'll see. I'm going to go right in number one. 
Will Zalatoris plus 135. Ball striker machine. I think he has honestly a good shot if the putter does what he did at the Sony to really go through with it. Squad ride on Cam Young, top 20 plus 135, currently plus 115, so 20 points there. Got Taylor Montgomery, top 20 plus 185. I would feel a lot more comfortable if there was a 40 bet out. I'm sure five minutes after we're recording, everything's going to come out. So stay tuned for that quote unquote change. Um, Tony Finau, top 20 plus 110, squad ride again. And then Brian Harmon, top 20 plus 175. Again, I'm sure when the 40 odds come out, it'll be probably right around minus 110, 115. Yeah. Um, but for the sake of this, it has to be a 20. Yep, it has to be 20. And so we'll, we'll make it work and we'll, we'll push through. Are we doing uh, winners or wild picks first? Yeah, let's go some wild picks. Let's have some fun. So mine, much like what he looked like at the end of the fall swing, Joel Damon looked like the number one player in the world. So top 20 at plus 330. I don't hate it. But go. we're going fan favorite. We're going the Ricky Fowler tease. Top 20 plus 300. I love it. One other pick that um, was questionable at best, Eric Van Ruyen, top 20, was plus 950. Um, he's like top five in strokes gained in all Pete Dye courses all across the board. So thought about it, decided that was probably moronic um, after speaking with a colleague named Liam. And then we switched it over to Ricky Fowler for some more fun. Yeah, uh, Eric Van Rien has those metrics, and then you look at where what he's done recently, and he missed a cut at the South African Open. Um, and as a Say PGA, less. yeah, and as a PGA <laughs> Tour player, you should not be missing those cuts. Uh, so Jack decided to, to just ha- he has that one on the side to basically see what what's going to happen. Uh, for my wild picks, I am starting off with the boom bust man himself, Callum Heron. Top 20 at plus 450. Um, I could have probably put Sahith in here too, also as the boom bust man. Um, and I did think about it, but Calum Terrence is the one I'm going with. Uh, the other guy I'm going to do is Ben Griffin, who we didn't mention a ton. He was the one that I mixed it up because I had Ben Taylor, Ben Griffin, Nick Taylor. There's too many Bens. Um, he hasn't missed a cut since the Fortnite. He has two top 20s in his last three events. Uh, top 20 for him is plus 500. So it's it's kind of high high numbers, but again, I think I could have got him at top forty for what plus two twenty five probably. I mean that I I would have taken that also as a wild pick. Unfortunately, yeah. Follow but. us on uh, Twitter, TikTok, blah blah blah, because when these top forty com- bets come out, probably in ten minutes, uh, we'll follow along and probably update those to you know maximize our odds and our efficiency. Yeah, Jack, I got I got a question. Do you have any interest in doing a friendly? My Adam Hadwin versus your Brian Harmon. Well, we haven't even jumped into winner's picks yet, so I guess you can go ahead and spoil that. My winner's picks going into this week. Number one, Brian Harmon. We talked about the metrics of the birdies and scores overall. I think he has a good shot at winning, and I don't think there's another round down the line that I envision him taking a, a lead over anybody else, so I like him this week. Then I'm jumping to Austin Ekro, the GOAT. Um, he looked really good, so I'm taking those two guys and to answer your question, yes, I will yeah. do a friendly. Bet. Yeah, we're gonna do a friendly. All right, just check. I didn't even notice you was your winner. I was just going through, kind of seeing who, who you were heavy on, and Harmon was one of the guys. Um, no, I didn't even realize, but they were both winners' picks of ours. But yeah, I am. My winners' picks are Taylor Montgomery and Adam Hadwin. Um, I think that they both realistically have all the metrics to play well in this course, and 
I'm hoping for a couple, you know, top 30s, top 40s, and just continuing on this this notion of good winners picks that aren't necessarily super expensive to start off the season. I thought the Monty play was a little risky considering he's looking so solid. So oh, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't get to him in terms of a winner's pick. I I'm taking a shot on it. We're going, we're going for it. In a stacked field. I mean, theoretically, theoretically, this is the event where you take a guy who is way down on the board and you have him be your winner's pick. Cause this is the one that's, that's most likely statistically wise to hit. Um, Cause again, all the guys that are 100 plus to one that, that end up winning, but I, I couldn't do it. I like these two too much. And I think they both will fit really well on this course. Yeah, I like it. So that's our friendly play. Um, something else to watch for is the Abu Dhabi championship, you know, Terrell hat and Tommy Fleetwood, yep. Sean, Shane Lowry, even some live guys, Patrick Reed, is going to be in there. So some guys to watch for because major season is going to be here before we know it. So these guys are going to qualify. So just be on the lookout for that. There's also the Corn Ferry Tour that is actually currently going on in the Bahamas. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name, but it's like it's Akshay, right? Akshay, Akshay Bhatia. Yes, he won last year. He's going for the repeat again this year. I think he's currently tied for the lead. Um, the way they're doing the event this week, they're doing it Sunday to Wednesday, which I think is it's wild. But I'm kind of here for it because it just makes it for more golf uh, for degenerates like Jack and Ida to watch. But We'll leave it at that. I mean, let's go out there, make a bunch of money, and then we'll see you next week at the Farmers. Let's do it. Deuces.